Welcome to RPO Podcast. We are the apex of football media, sponsored by Inside the Hashes Media Network. I'm your host, Ryan Roberts. Joining me, as always, is my fellow analyst, Ray Roberts. And uh, unfortunately, we're not joined tonight by Alan Hollowell, but we look forward to him being back on the set next week um, as we dive into some more great college football topics. You follow me, first and foremost, Madstork44 on Twitter. Ray's a little old, so he doesn't have any Twitter. And be sure to follow the company Inside Hashes on Twitter, Inside the Hashes on Instagram, and Inside the Hashes Football Talk, which we're going live right now on Facebook as well. Follow everything that we do, RPO Podcast, which we are right now. Also, Air It Out Podcast. We have a lot of great things. And before we kind of talk about some playoff picture this week in college football, we are a, pl- a pleasured and uh, you know fortunate to be joined by an All-American linebacker from the University of Delaware, Mr. Troy Reader. Troy, how's everything been going, my man? Going really well. Uh, thanks for having me on this tonight. Of course, of course. And, you know, it, for the for the listeners who kind of are just tuning in for the first time or recent fans, uh, I did an interview with Troy uh, right after his first game of the season. Um, and the backstory on Troy, you know, before we get kind of more into the specifics, uh, was at Penn State, started there, uh, a bunch of games as a redshirt freshman. And then he ended up transferring to the University of Delaware to play with his brother, who's um, Colby, right? Who is on the team yes. now. Yep. Colby, who also plays linebacker, he's on the team now. Uh, it's kind of in the family to go to Delaware. So Troy took the opportunity after a great registered freshman season at Penn State to go join his brother at Delaware. So his, obviously his family can enjoy them playing together. So I'm, I'm looking at the season you had this year, man. And impressive, impressive stuff just individually before we kind of talk about team-wise. You know, 131 tackles, 13 and a half tackles for loss, two forced fumbles after I think you had like 88, 89 last season. So what kind of took you to that next level this season to get those numbers and have such an amazing season? Right. You know, something going back to the transfer and, um, you know, just the way my college career has gone is this was the first year that I've in consecutive years played in the same defense. So my freshman year at Penn State, even though I was redshirting, I practiced as a Mike linebacker. My first year playing as a redshirt freshman, I played as a Will linebacker, both within the same defense, but very different roles. Each year was really completely separate. And then I transferred to Delaware, played Mike and Will on a 4-3, but a different defense. My redshirt junior year was my first year with the staff that we have here right now uh, with Coach Rocco, and I was a primary Mike in a 3-4 defense. Mm -hmm. Then this year, I was a Mike in a 3-4 defense. So (laughs) it was nice to be able to, you know, go back and watch film on myself from last year, self-correct, see what I did wrong, see what I did right, what do I need to work on, what do I need to get better in my game and being able to watch yourself doing these things I think is a great learning tool and don't get me wrong it's great to watch film on other guys especially really good other guys but when you can watch the film and look at yourself and say what was I thinking right here Mm -hmm. you can remember what you're thinking not just speculating uh, on another person so you know, that was a big part of it, uh, just comfort within our scheme and defense. And another thing was just, you know, taking my training to the next level, um, you know, just trying to get that little bit better. Um, uh, I think a big emphasis for me this offseason was just, you know, playing in space, making every play be sideline to sideline. Um, and, and I think that's where I accumulated those extra 40 tackles where you know um, a, a lot of people as a redshirt junior are kind of hitting their stride and you know I think a lot of kids on our team would have recognized me as you know our, our best or one of the better players as a junior and then to go from that my junior season to the season I had as a senior I think was surprising to a lot of guys that you know there is that much the margin for to, for getting better is you can still always get better. Uh, I was voted most improved in spring ball. That was a lot of work from January, February, March, partway through April, spring game. Um, you know, and, and that's, you know, strength coach. And 
uh, linebacker coach and D coordinator, all the work that we put in together, I think was uh, a big culmination of that. Sure. And, you know, kind of the other other part about that now is, you know, you finishing up your senior year, there's a transition that's going to happen now, obviously, right? And, sure. you know, you played with a lot of really good defensive players, you know, Nasir Adderley, um, you know, some great players. You played with your brother that we're kind of going to get into a little more. What does it feel right now to know that that transition is going to happen and that your days at Delaware are over as a football player? Yeah, it's it's definitely bittersweet. Um, you know, I'm a, a, I'm a Delaware boy, so uh, I've grown up around this program. But, you know, having grown up around it and the goals I set, I think, you know, I'm able to look look back through those years now and see how much you know I was able to accomplish uh, both as an individual and in the team sense and that you know I have no regrets and you know I leave here knowing uh, you know we got the program going back in the right direction with two back-to-back seven one seasons first postseason uh, appearance in eight years mm-hmm. um, that's very tough to do and um, I think the players and Coach Rock going to staff really flipped this thing around. And, um, you know, that's something that I'll always be really proud of. And, you know, we didn't get to win a national championship or a conference championship, but in the near future, when they do, um, you know, I'll be proud to look back and say that, you know, I was the first class to get it going in the right direction. So, and then, you know, it's just exciting about the next, uh, the next chapter. So, you know, when you, when you're going to college, when the day your senior season's done, um, at least for a lot of us, you know exactly where you're going to be playing the next year. You know? sure. And, uh, you know, right now it's a lot of just mystery. And, um, you know, it's exciting. Uh, the process is going to be really exciting. So I'm just looking forward to all that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you talked about the back-to-back seven-win seasons. And obviously it's a team game, but, you know, as a unit, your defense had some great moments, and you guys, you know, overall, you know, only gave up 3.6 yards per carry. Teams scored a little over 21 a game. You guys forced 15 interceptions, you know, obviously more forced fumbles and fumble recoveries as well. So, you know, you talked about your individual improvement over this season, you know, into your senior year. How was the defense in general able to take that next step to be such a consistent, dominant defense? You know, I think a, a lot of that's personnel-driven. Um, you know, we have really good players. Um, but not only that, they're really good people. They bought in to what we were doing. And, you know, last year, um, our defensive coordinator, Coach Kosh, came in uh, with Coach Rocco. And, you know, we had to put a lot of trust in him. And, uh, you know, it was a brand-new scheme. This year, year two, and through spring ball, and camp, you know, we kind of recognized that last year we were pretty special. What can we do to take things to the next level? And um, I think we were able to do that this year. And, you know, even with the guys that moved on, there were a lot of guys that really stepped up this year and had really good years for us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talked about it kind of in the beginning, you know, your your family ties to Delaware. Obviously, your brother Colby uh, is a linebacker with you as well. And I know he played a lot of football. He had over 50 tackles as well this year. So what yep. was it like, you know, your final year to ha- play a lot of football with your brother and kind of end your college career probably the way that you and your parents wanted it? Yeah, uh, I mean, I can't begin to tell you how special that is. And, you know, I've spent a lot of time over the last week and a half now just looking back at all the pictures and um, of he and I celebrating after big plays or just – running out onto the field together or standing on the sideline together. And, you know, it's just, it's really un- indescribable. Uh, I know there are a few people out there that get to experience that. And, you know, Kobe and I have a really good relationship. And, uh, you know, I think, I think it's tough for both of us. One, because he's here and I'll be um, wherever I am. <laughs> right. You know, two, just because, you know, it, it really is, the last time that that could potentially happen, just being out there together and playing um, from the backyard to knee football in the basement mm-hmm. and college football, Division One college football. So, yeah. you know, it's it, it's bittersweet. 
bittersweet. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I can talk. I can talk for days. Uh, let's see, Ray, do you have anything for well, Troy? Just simple stuff, Troy. Um, for one, um, you obviously are. You'd love to play in the NFL. Is there any certain team you pr- prefer to play for, or not really? Not really. I just want to find the right system for me, uh, somewhere that I can fit in and just provide as much value as possible. Okay. I mean. Um, I can see Ryan was showing me your stats earlier, and they're really impressive as far as your tackles, especially. How do you feel about pass coverage? Good. Um, you know, I think pass coverage kind of is a pretty interesting stat because tackles, when you're at the play, you make the play. And pass coverage, sometimes not being targeted is a good stat, but yeah, that's yeah. not in the stat sheet. Yeah, yeah. So, I think over the years I've found that not many people like throwing in my area. Um, one, I, I've had a lot of success. I've had I have five career interceptions in college. Um, I had one at Penn State, and then four at Delaware. Um, ran one back for a touchdown. Had a forty-four yard return at Penn State, and you know I think I think it's really almost a compliment when you don't when the guy in your zone or a man-to-man doesn't get targeted that much. So, you know, you can put on a lot of tape. I have a lot of drops and a lot of good coverage. I wish I had more opportunities to make plays on the ball, but you can't make it all the time. Ball's just not in your area. Mm -hmm. Okay, one more question. What do you feel about playing special teams? I I actually love special teams. It's something I learned when I got to Penn State was, you know, I thought, you know, Best case, I go in and I'm playing a lot of linebacker, maybe starting linebacker. Worst case, I'll play on all the special teams. Right. I got Penn State, and through camp I realized, wow, these guys are all Big Ten, All-American, and they're fighting to be on all the special teams. Well, you know, that was a little naive of me. It's just, you know, there's a lot of really good players out there that sometimes your niche and where you can really find successes on special teams, especially early in your career. and you know, that's something I took pride in as a leader of the team was at once I got to Delaware was I wanted young guys to see me on special teams. And, um, you know, I was able to do some really good things. I've run down on kickoff. I've been a wedge buster. I've been a edge setter. I've been a hot man. I've blocked three punts, uh, one or two field goals. And, you know, that's, that's just part of the game. If you love the game, I think you love special teams and that's, that's what I admire a lot about guys that do put a lot of effort into special teams. We talk about it all the time, like me, Ryan, Allen, and Jerome over here. If you want to play in the NFL, especially like you're a linebacker, it's an undervalued position anymore. I don't know why I grew up where when I was a kid, linebackers were the best players on the defense. But now it's like a little undervalued. And if you really want to play in the NFL, you probably will be a special teams guy. At least that's what your goal should be, maybe. You know? For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, just kind of, Troy, I only have like one or two more for you. It, as we're kind of talking about, again, that transition, the NFL, I'm, I'm sure you're going to get that opportunity. But, you know, we kind of talked off off air a little bit. So can you kind of update the listeners? What are you waiting for? What is the process for you right now as far as, you know, preparing for this NFL draft and the draft process? Yeah, you know, it's, it's a really awesome time where, you know, you're done school and, all you have to do is focus on football for the first time in your life, mm-hmm. um, improving yourself in every possible aspect from you know, diet, sleep, you're not studying, um, being able to train two times a day. And, you know, right now it's just you know, there's a lot of things that aren't in your control, um, getting accepted to some of the bowl games, to the combine in the future. It's just, you know, I think for everybody that's just – you know, control what you can control, and right now I'm just working really hard to become a better linebacker, and like I said earlier, just figure out ways to put myself in a position where I can bring a lot of value to an NFL team that would like to take a chance. So, mm-hmm. You obviously were at Penn State. I'm sure you have a lot of friends still up there, um, maybe, <clears throat> maybe even going through this process now. So have you, now that this process has begun, I'm sure it came up really quickly for you, Have has there been people that even for Penn State that you are kind of been reaching out to and just kind of feeling out how they're handling it and what maybe you should be doing? Yeah, for sure. Um, 
you know, we I've had some guys at Delaware uh, that have gone through the process, fewer percentage, but, you know, we had a fifth-round pick to the Chicago Bears last year, defensive tackle, Bilal Nichols, mm-hmm. um, a really good rookie year. You know, other guys on our team, like, like you said, Nasir Adderley, and I talk a lot uh, just about the process all through the season. And then, yeah, I've, I've reached out to a bunch of my buddies that have gone through it at Penn State. And, you know, I've tried to stay in contact with those guys. So it's not necessarily like I'm reaching out for the first time in three years. But, you know, there's some of the guys in my class, they end up not redshirting. So that had to enter the draft last year. Um and then other guys that I was just friends with there that were older have gone through it as well. So, you know, I think for me, I'm just trying to gather as much information from as many people as possible. Take what you want and just, you know, too much information is never a bad thing. And um, I'll use it for uh, whatever path I decide to choose. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm sure that God willing, you get um, that invite maybe to the East West game or the Senior Bowl. I'm sure that's possible. Like I said, we've seen you play multiple times. We know how good of a football player you are. Question for you, though. You get that yeah. combine invite. How's that combine testing going to be? What, what kind of numbers are you going to put up? That That's going to be really good. And I, I'm really excited because I think one thing, like you mentioned earlier, about linebackers somewhat becoming extinct is that you that's one of the things you need to prove. And uh, you know, I think – a couple of things go into that is just playing Mike linebacker, being 6'2", 240 pounds, and, you know, FCS. You know, you're where I'm projected at right now from, I guess, what what I hear and what I anticipate I'm projected at. I know I'll test really well and um, looking forward to opening some eyes. Awesome. And last question for you, then I'll let you get off, Troy. For any now high school kid, because, you know, we deal a lot with um, high school kids who are trying to take their game to the next level. For those kind of kids that are looking at, let's say, the University of Delaware, what yeah. would you tell them about the school in general, and how would you sell them to the Delaware program? You know, I think our football program mirrors our school in this whole aspect of just personal improvement. So, you know, we spend a lot of time um, with our football team and just, you know, educating ourselves on the process. And, you know, it might just be, it might be nutrition. It might be body, like body image, self, self-awareness. self We have uh, psychiat- psychologists, uh, nutritionists, doctors, every, uh, every resource you could possibly ask for. And that goes along with school, too, as I was a finance major. Uh, so I was involved mostly with the business school and, you know, some of the resources they have here um, for kids that want to take their education and degree and wherever they want to go in life is just has really been incredible to me from, you know, being in a small state, the, the resources that keep coming back and our alumni are fantastic. And, you know, life's just about continual improvement. And I think that's one thing that uh, just looking at my career at Delaware is they've really pushed me to continue to get better every year and uh, in all aspects of life. Awesome. Well, Troy, that that's all the time. You know, we're going to let you go on that one. I really just do again, want to thank you, wish you the best of luck. And we hope, you know, East West game or senior bowl, wherever I hope we get the chance to catch up. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me on. All right, man. Have a good one. Thanks. You too. Awesome. Well, that's Mr. Troy reader. Awesome. Awesome. Young man. Uh, we wish him obviously the best of luck. Uh, I think that he's going to get a shot to play at that East-West game. Incredible football player. Over 130 tackles this past year, 13 and a half tackles for loss. And you you heard him, right? He is a well-spoken young man. Yep. He went to Penn State for a reason to begin with, right? He has the athletic profile. He has the production. Everything's there for him. I mean, I really like his story, man. How many times, how often do you really see a kid that kind of puts his family before himself? You know, that's always a good story to me. Right, you know? and yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you can't undersell that, really, because no. the kid was contributing. He was a starting player as a retro freshman. I mean, I kind of feel like the same way I felt about Carson Wentz. We're like, well, why did he go to that, that small school? Because he knew the program, and he felt comfortable there, so he went. You know? I mean, and, and the kid started at Penn State. He was 
Right. He was a starting linebacker at the University of Penn State as a retro freshman, and he chose family and playing with his brother I, at the University of Delaware. That's a great story. And there was nothing to look away at at the University of Delaware. A good football program, always FCS level, so they're still a Division One football team. Yep. And they're from Delaware. So Correct. It's awesome that his, and his mom and dad, I, I think I might have forgot to mention that, also went to the University of Delaware. His father was actually a team captain there in 1984. Oh, wow. Yeah. Ray, did, Ray did his research. First time for everything. <laughs> All right. So, again, thank you. Big thank you to Delaware star linebacker Troy Reader. Awesome young man. We wish him the best as he continues through the draft process. But right now, before we go, before this, uh, you know, we don't have too much more time on this podcast, but we want to talk about the playoff picture that came into the site now and it cemented itself. So, Ray, University of Alabama. No surprise, number one. Clemson, again, no surprise. Number two, Notre Dame, I would say no surprise again. Number three, that's where they've been for a few weeks now. They all finished undefeated, so why would they move, right? Now, the fight was for the fourth spot. And, obviously, Oklahoma got the fourth spot. And they're a 12-1 conference champion. Their only loss was a three-point loss to the team that they saw in the conference championship again, University of Texas. So, not a terrible loss. Texas is a solid football team, yeah. right? Yeah. We have the University of Georgia, who 11-2. They lost a close one LSU in, uh, in the middle part, section of the season. And then they had another close defeat against Alabama where they gave up a huge comeback, right? Yep. So, that was the team that everyone's kind of saying, like, oh, they should have been in. And then Ohio State got a little bit of buzz. They came in at number six in this playoff ranking. Their only loss was a bad loss, though, to the University of Purdue. I think they lost by like twenty nine points or yeah, something like that. So it was loss. you're not you you lost to an unranked team. Yeah, right. It speaks for itself. And fans, I forgot to mention Jerome. I'm so sorry about this, man. <laughs> Jerome Jones is on set. He's our Alan Hollowell tonight. That's it. Hey guys. <laughs> I'm going to bring Jerome on for a second because he was he was talking up Georgia being in the playoffs. So we're going to talk. Um, play, uh, we have our first comment of the night. LSU loss wasn't close. Did I say it was close? Right. I, I'm not. I'm not being smart, Remy. I, I I thought I just said that they had a, lo- a loss in the middle of the season. I I don't know if I said close or not. Um, but yeah, they had an LSU loss in the middle of the season. Um, so yeah, obviously that's a that was a big loss. If they came into that game against Alabama undefeated and they had one loss, they probably still get in. Um, but Jerome, I'm gonna bring you on here. You, you need to start this conversation, man. So I hear a lot of people, I mean, it wasn't just you, but a lot of people were saying Georgia should be in the playoff 11-2 and two after losing to Bama. And my response to that, before you begin, is they already had a playoff game. It was Alabama, and they lost. Your thoughts, my friend. So here's my thing about it is that, um, first of all, I think Georgia is the best team to beat Alabama. Uh, I don't think there's anybody else in the playoffs that couldn't beat Alabama at this point. So why not put them in? And I kind of feel like they kind of they did this in the past where they forced a team inside the playoffs anyway that was a better team when uh, I think it was uh, two years ago when Alabama lost late in the season and they still put them in the playoffs. I know it's Alabama. I get it. But they have did that before, and it did in the past where a team lost late and they still kept them in the playoffs. I mean, I get all the narrative that, you know, they have two losses and everything, but I just kind of feel like, hey, they their best team to beat Alabama at this point, and you know, that's just my opinion. I mean, I wasn't saying that all the, the other teams didn't deserve to be in the playoffs. They 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 definitely were deserving, but I just think that with Georgia, they had the the teams that they lost to were good teams, and it, I just feel like they should still be in the playoffs. So this is the thing, though, ready? So like, if you ask me, is Georgia one of the four best teams in the country? I'd probably say yes, mm-hmm. like talent-wise, 100%. But you can't put an 11-2 team over a 12-1 Big 12 well, champion. Quite honestly, man, you already know what's going to happen. Yeah. George is going to keep it close it's, for three and a half quarters, and it's over. I mean, <laughs> it's over. I mean, he's right, though. I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm not going to say that Georgia would never have a shot at beating Alabama because eventually it will happen. They're a very talented team. And if Kirby's smart, I'm not going to get in debate because me and Ryan did this the other day, but if he would have changed something – Maybe there would have been a different outcome, but he he's afraid. 
I'm sorry. He's afraid. I wouldn't say he's afraid. He's afraid. He does the same thing that people do when Bill Belichick's up there. Like, oh my God, what's he going to do now? Okay? <laughs> Come on. Sorry, I'm looking at this screen right now because we have a delayed here. I want to see you go like this. And I, don't, I don't even know what that was. All right. Uh, but but, but your Ray, you're nervous. Okay? Jerome, Ray is right in a certain sense, though, in this aspect. Georgia played about as well as they could for three quarters. Twice. Alabama. Well, I'm not even going to say. Well, yeah, but twice in the calendar year. But this was played as good as anybody could have played against. But this was and lost both times. But this was different though because Jake Fromm played like a future first pick in the draft. Like he he was really good. good. Yes, he looked very good. And again, I think Georgia is one of the most talented teams in the country. But Jerome, let me ask you this seriously though. So Georgia's playing well. Their defense is playing well. Sure. Jake Fromm is having the best game of his career. Tua Tagovailoa <laughs> has the worst game of his career by a landslide. Yes. Their defense doesn't look good for three quarters, and they still can't beat them. When's that going to change, man? If they play again and Georgia just plays good but not great in the first three quarters, the you game's not even the game, close. Drum? Yes, I did. Okay, I watched the game. The end, right near the end of the third quarter, and it was over. Fromm comes down. He slides. It's third and two. Mm. The next play they run, they don't get it. I'm like, you have to go for it here. You're in midfield. Right. And then instead of doing it, then with a little, you should have had a play ready for that situation if you want to beat Alabama. You didn't. And then you try it in a desperation move at the end of the fourth quarter, and you lose the game. You choked. That was a bad. That was a bad. It's a horrible play call. Horrible. You had no. If you're going to go for it on fourth down. Keep your quarterback, your hot quarterback out there, and let him make a play for you. Don't call some guy to play. The guy looked lost, to be honest with you. Yeah, Justin Fields. They were trying to throw the freshman quarterback in there, the great athlete. It was not a good play call. Again, and you can ask your mom. I know you don't ask your mom, but I'm like, he has to go for it here, or he's going to lose the game because they're losing momentum. And he didn't, and he lost the game. Yeah. I just don't think that if Georgia had that perfect storm for three quarters and they didn't win that game, I don't think they're going to And Georgia that. did lose by like 20 to get LSU. They did. Yeah. No, no, they did. I'm, I'm not arguing. Georgia and again, I do, like we and Ryan talked about this other I'm like, I do believe that Georgia is definitely one of the top, talent-wise, top three, four, five teams in the country. But I just feel like, as a football fan, I don't want to watch them do that same game again, and that's what I'm going to say. Yeah. Maybe these other teams will get blown out by Alabama. You may be right, but I still rather see that. You know, just unless it's Notre Dame. <laughs> <laughs> so I was listening to another podcast this morning, and they were saying that they would like to see Alabama and Georgia again. And I'm just thinking, why? Why? We've seen this two times already, and we've seen Alabama do the same thing twice in a row. I mean, I don't think it's not that I Oklahoma is going to give them a better game, but like as a fan, wouldn't you? Don't you want to see something different? I want to see something. I different. wanted Georgia to win the game, but I knew if they won, it was going to be close because I wanted Georgia to go to number two, Clemson to go to one, and Alabama would have snuck in with the four spot. And then one of them two teams that are clubs around Alabama could not, got knocked off the first round. That was my dream. You know? <laughs> well, I mean, either way, we're only going to have to play one of them. So yeah, you're right. Matter, so, um, what's up, buddy? Well, here's my argument, though. All right. We're, we're talking about what's going to be different. But yeah, is it going to be different when Alabama beats everybody every year? Well, you get but, what I'm saying? Like, but, it's but not making, is, really making it that much. No, no, different. but what I'm saying <laughs> is – no, no, what I'm saying, though, is besides for a fan wanting to see something different – Alabama has seen Georgia now. They know Georgia, okay? They haven't played Notre Dame since 2012. I'm not saying Notre Dame will beat them. I definitely am not. Let's put that on record, okay? What I'm saying is they are they that Nick Saban can go to bed at night and know exactly what Georgia's gonna run. He knows what defense they're gonna run. He's seen them so much because they play teams that he scouts, and he's played them twice, three times in the last year now. He they he's seen them countless times, countless times. He's seen them play. So, while I don't think it would be a better game, I think that a team like Notre Dame or, well, Clemson, they've seen Clemson a decent amount, but Oklahoma, they haven't seen Oklahoma since Trevor Knight destroyed them that one time, right? So, them seeing something different is not going to be a competitive advantage for them. It's going to be an advantage against Georgia, though, because he's Nick Saban and he's is familiar with those teams. Mm-hmm. And one thing I need to say is, like, <clears throat> with all this being said, it all really honestly comes down to 
the playoff system is so rigged. Like it's so rigged, not rigged, but it's just so out of condensed. Like, condensed. It's, it's too it's, condensed. I agree with you. I think they need to it's expand not, it. Yeah, it needs to be extended to like eight, like eighteen. I think I really this, do. The I one year, I think eighteen is perfect. Eighteen is good. I but, think it's but, perfect. But you know what, though, even if it's eight teams or six teams or eight teams. Then people are still going to complain, like, "Oh, it should be 16. Like, there's never no, going to be a perfect no, criteria. No, you but can't go the, beyond that the because one, then, it, then it becomes too much, too too long, too, man. It yeah, won't, it won't work. But the one year that um, TCU was good and they didn't get in the playoffs, yeah, they definitely should have gotten the playoffs. Come on, like, you can easily argue for six, yeah. especially this year, because if you have six, you have these two teams in, and there are, yeah, man, I hate Ohio State, but they have good fans. I mean, the ones that aren't in jail, they're good fans. And then you have Georgia, who have great fans. So they they would be nice if they were in the playoffs too. You know what the real, but but like if it was six, let's say right, like even six, like two teams get a first round bye, and then it's a four, right, and then it happens, right, it, it keeps going. Central Florida, which again, Central Florida should not be in the playoffs. You no. heard from me; <laughs> they should not be. I am not saying anything opposite of this. But them sitting at number eight in this playoff ranking, they're going to complain as they are already, right? And, like, let's be honest. Like, Central Florida last year was a pretty a good team. Central Florida was a good team. This year, they're not as good. They play in the AAC. And who who was the team that they almost just lost to? Senegal? Like, what was Who's that? Oh, they, lost, they almost lost to Memphis twice. Memphis. They was down, like... Almost thirty points. It was yeah, like ridiculous. So like USA, saying we, them they should be in the playoffs. I I, I, I totally agree. Yeah, LSU know. will beat them by two touchdowns. Okay. <laughs> I don't know about that. Watch. I don't know. We'll see. Watch. I hope. I hope so it stops. I hope the Central Florida stuff stops Watch. after it. But oh, by the way, at least ten. Speaking of the University of Memphis, you know we're getting into draft season soon, right? Daryl Henderson, running I back one. Told you, running back one. A month ago, I watched. I liked him. No, I, I'm, I know. I told you a month ago. I watched filming the guy, and he is impressive. No doubt about he it. is fast. He is super. I worry fast. about him running up the backs of, of offensive linemen sometimes, but he is he's Dude, a he talented is athlete. Daryl yes. Henderson. We're going to talk about him soon. Maybe next week. Who knows? I don't yeah. know what we're doing next week. But Daryl Henderson might have to be the guy, man. D'Angelo Williams 2.0, baby. University of Memphis. So, Ray, let me ask you, though. Did they get it right with the fourth seed? Well, did they get it right with all the top four? Did they get it right? I'll be honest with you. You could have put you could have put Georgia or Ohio State in there in the fourth seed and not have been just as happy as I am with Oklahoma. Could, you have, could you have validated putting Georgia in the fourth seed, though, is the question? No, I, because, again, I don't believe that people won't really want to see that game again. But if Ohio State was there, I wouldn't have argued with it. I think that – um. I would have liked to see Urban Liar in one more playoff so he could lose to somebody. It would be great. Man, ooh. Oh, big shout-out to Urban Meyer retiring again from another football team. Yeah. Wow. And then three years from now, his headings would go away. He'll have signed another billion-dollar contract somewhere. I heard a Notre Dame-Urban Meyer reunion. That's never happened. <laughs> he wouldn't survive the first month, okay? Uh, Are you hearing some of the stuff? I'm not even going to do it. you hear some of the stuff that Kim is coming out now about Florida still? Are you well, kidding me, I man? I hear about it every day. I so, mean, talk about thugs. All right, no thug talk on this program. <laughs> RPO podcast is a good Christian program. I don't know what. Ray yeah, which, which thugs don't have nothing to do with good Christian programming. Okay. All right, all right, all right. Speaking of that, another big thing that we're doing here at Inside the Hashes. Up to now, we've done nothing but audio work, interviews. Uh, this podcast, RPO podcast, we did uh, air it out podcast for the NFL. We are expanding, my friends. I'm going to announce this right now. Beginning this new year, okay, 2019, blogging and print media are a thing, okay? I'm not going to give you too much, but I'm personally assembling an incredible group of writers. It's already in dead. Don't tell anybody, okay? Um, and so we're going to have print. We're going to have draft coverage we're going to have nfl coverage college football coverage if we have enough writers we might even have one for each college it's going to be incredible follow along i'm gonna i'm not gonna give too much more than that but it's in the works we're always expanding here all areas of media we are the apex of football media um now oh it's a great plug man it was a good plug wasn't it It it's like commercial it was good (laughs) um so Right before we get going, then, right? You know, you seem to think they had it right. I think they had it right. Yeah, I think they did fine. Uh, the only other thing, though, I'll say about it is that Ohio State, for the most years, has been pretty cold. They've been a little inconsistent. 
right? Obviously the big loss. They've not played great in some games. But when Ohio State is playing their best football, like they did against University of Michigan, right, they might be that fourth best team in the country. I don't just I don't I don't doubt that. We've been, I mean, talking, we've been talking to Ohio State up all year. That's why people I don't understand why people kill us with them. Because yeah. we talk them up all year. Well, I know how talented they are. I'm not, I hate their coach. He should have been fired. He's not their coach anymore. He should have been fired six months ago. I mean, he should have been. I mean, I don't. And that's not me changing. That's my mentality. You act like that. You should be fired. You're a criminal, basically. But you're you're the head of an university. It's like I, you know, how much I respect Penn State, but it was kind of like the people that said, "Well, Joe Paterno does be fired." You can't say it with this hand that Joe Paterno is Penn State football, and then with this hand say he's not responsible for what's going on there. You can't do it. Yeah, a couple more big shoutouts. Some awards are being announced, right? Devin White, linebacker of the year. You heard it here again. I will say this every. Every podcast. I hear I that in my sleep. Okay? Like, never wake up late. Best linebacker <laughs> to come out since Luke Keekley. Put it in stone. I don't care what anyone thinks about it. My boy's about to go run a 4-6 or 4-5 of the combine. I'm the only one that writes things down, so who's putting it in stone? Okay? <laughs> I can erase that very easily. You can. I can white it out. It's over. Um, and my prediction came true. Coach of the year. Brian Kelly won the Coach of the Dude, Year really? like an hour ago. Oh, I didn't hear that. Oh, that's great. Home Depot Coach of the Year, Brian oh, Kelly. Well, that's good because you were getting ready to replace him the other day, but that's okay. Who was replacing him? Kirby Smart, please. Kirby, Kirby Smart's Smart a better coach than I don't Brian agree Kelly. with that, but that's yeah, okay. Is. And plus, he's an Irish Catholic, so he's already born. Brian Kelly won the Coach of the Year because he stepped away from too much of coaching. That's every good coach. <laughs> every good coach. <laughs> Tom Coughlin was ready to be fired in New York until he stepped away as his assistants beat the bad guy. Tom Coughlin's overrated too. Well, yeah, well, let's not get into that. When he goes jacket one day, but it'll be overrated. You're exactly yeah. right. Eli carried him to two Super Bowls. And Peyton carried all three of them, right? Come on. When, when you say Eli, you're talking about Eli Manning, right? That's yeah, 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 oh. yeah, that guy. It's like Peyton Manning carried Tony Dungy to a Hall of Fame career. But, you know, I digress, though. I digress. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's do a couple of previews of these games. Ready? Yeah. So, we got, obviously, Alabama-Oklahoma. Not only do I need who you think is going to win, because I already know the answer for that. What's the score? I need a score prediction for 43 that. 43-17, Alabama. Only 17 for Oklahoma? 17 points, dude. They're not going to do anything. Oh, let me tell you something. <laughs> Clemson, I think Notre Dame's defense could play with anybody. I do worry I about so their too. offense a little bit, okay? But I think if Alabama plays against Clemson the way they played against Georgia last week, they will lose, okay? To who? To Clemson. If Clemson gets by Notre Dame, which I'm hoping they don't, but if they were to, and Alabama played as bad as they could last week, I mean, that was the bad thing about it. Last year... You can have the excuse, okay, they made the quarterback switch. It kind of gave them a fire. This year, they just played bad for three and a half quarters and still won. Uh, if they play that bad against Clemson, they'll lose. Alabama will win, in my opinion, and win pretty handedly. I just don't know about Oklahoma only scoring 17. I don't see them scoring a lot of points against Alabama. I would have guessed, like, I think 51 to 27. And that also depends on... Is is Tua playing or is Jalen Hurts playing? Because Tua might be hurt, right? Tua's going to play by then, man. You think so? He's like three weeks away. So? He's going to play then. What's that noise? (laughs) I don't. I don't. Do you think... You man, what you've been telling everybody's been saying this kid's going to win the Heisman the whole year. Now he may not win because of his last game. Is is there a possibility? But you know who would win? Kyler Murray. Yeah. Okay, and there is that possibility. Yeah, but he's been like the best player in college football most of the year. Now he's not going to play in a champ in like a playoff game. That's oh no 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 no. I'm saying because of the injury. I'm not no, saying he's, because he's he has benched. a sprained ankle. No one has said anything other than that. And when he, when he, he, he put when somebody a, reports that he's like he's no, really no, hurt, he, then I'll worry. But about he it. but he put out a tweet the other day that sounded like a little like. I hope he doesn't play. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I don't want the kid to be hurt because I don't right. for anybody to be so hurt. So Jalen Hurts... But if he don't play the playoffs... <laughs> yes! <laughs> All right, so if Jalen Hurts is the quarterback for Alabama, what's the score of them? 37-17. Oh, man. All right. All right. They're just going to get 17 no matter what, apparently. They're, they're not even, if the, even if Alabama's offense can't move the ball as well? 
Alabama's defense will not play as bad as they did last week. I can almost guarantee that. And Oklahoma's not as good as Georgia. No, no, but but what Oklahoma can do, though, is what you need to do to that Alabama 3-4 defense and spread them out. That's what they can do. And, hey, we'll, we can say whatever we want about Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's good. And not only that. You're, you're right about that. Okay, man, okay. Not only that. Maybe Oklahoma's they score wide receivers. Maybe if they score in the mid-20s, and you're right, Alabama will score 50. Right. All right? You're right That's what I'm that. saying. Yeah, that's fine. I'm not even saying I'm right. I'm 50, 45, 40, you know, whatever, man. They're going to win. That's all that matters. How about you, Jerome? What do you got? Prediction? Mm, I'll say 31-24. Whoa. You think it's a close game. Why? I Just because um, Kyler Murray. You think they're going to carry him? I hope you're I think, right, I, man. I think he, I mean, I think he can get, I, could, I think he's going to get some scores in and everything. I, just I don't disagree. But I just. Have you seen Oklahoma defense, though? They're awful. Yeah. Okay. They're real bad. <laughs> so that's my thought. Alabama will go out there, especially if Hurts plays, and just run the ball. And then pretty much kill clock and score enough points to win. You know? We'll see. I, that's what I think. I, I just kind of feel like uh, Colin Murray's ability against that kind of defense that's like really you, you aggressive. Right, right. I if, think it's going to If you, know, you spread them out. Yeah. Well, 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 but if, there, if there's yeah. anything that's the Achilles heel of a Nick Saban defense, it's a mobile quarterback. Yeah. Johnny Manziel, Trevor Knight, we've seen it. We've seen it happen. Dude, uh, please. <laughs> please. Ray says that Alabama's going to get upset first round. No, I didn't say that. Uh, I'm baiting for it, actually. But go ahead. <laughs> all right. So let's move to a game that's close to my heart, Jerome. Well, oh, it actually made my oh, – I already said my prediction. 51-7. No, 51-27. That's my score prediction. Right now. Things could change. People get hurt in bowl season. You know, all that stuff happens. People get suspended because they're dumb. People get arrested. <laughs> right? That's not real. And then guys they get push, suspended because they're Guys arrested. push people into other people and act like criminals and thugs. And Here we go. Why are we going to the criminals and thugs? I just can't yeah. believe what I watch, man. All right. Anyway. <laughs> All right. The game that's close to our hearts. I'm going to start with Jerome here because I want a non-biased opinion to start us We already know what he's going to say. I think so. Um, Clemson, <laughs> Notre Dame, Cotton Bowl. Clemson, Notre Dame. I got... Notre Dame, 28. Clemson, 14. Oh, dude. You're no right way. Yeah. Why are you sucking up to me? No, I'm not. Seriously. <laughs> dude, I was going to pick Notre Dame, too. But I was going to pick Notre Dame, 31, Clemson, 28. See, look, this this is where I come with it. Like, I love – and I, I think I said this before in the um, chat with me and Ryan, is that I love Trevor Lawrence, but he's so – Young, I just I, and just being in the atmosphere to play. I'm not worried know, about Trevor Lawrence. Just, I'm worried about that running back. Yeah, yeah. I'm worried about the running game too. Yeah, but yeah, I think I think I think they, they're gonna have to rely on him a little bit more. And I just think that yeah. I think y'all gonna get your first win. I hope so, man. I, but I like I said, I picked Notre Dame 31, Clemson 28. We got Tone on here. Tone said no. Tone, aren't you a oh Clemson plus twenty one? Aren't you a Miami, Florida fan? Like get out of here! What? Here's what he thinks. Of. <laughs> Yo, how's the you doing, bro? Yeah. <laughs> hey, another, I'm sorry. They're another I'm sorry. program. There's many people in jail after they're done playing as they do in the football field. Okay? Clemson plus twenty one. Here's a stat for you, Jerome. Only two teams in college football have allowed twenty seven points or less in every single game. This season, Notre Dame's one of them. Okay, so this plus twenty-one thing I'm listening to, <laughs> Notre Dame only gives up twenty-seven at most. And okay, I, I gotta be honest. Like the reason why y'all beat us down because y'all defensive line, like Tillery, good, Tillery was like Tillery's all good. in first uh, round pick. Back, backfield. First round just, pick. I'm a Michigan fan, and but I, I'm also not. Wise at all, and I I know when I know when I see things, and I seen that defensive line was destroying us. The like it was bad. Yeah, Clemson's an eleven point favorite though. I know Clemson's eleven and a half point favorite. Yeah. Look, I'm not even saying Notre Dame's going to beat Clemson. I'm just hoping for the best. I don't think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a close game though. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't get this win by fourteen, win by twenty one stuff. I mean. If Notre Dame showed anything this year, and you can say what you want about schedule, blah, 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 blah. Notre Dame has the most wins against top 25 teams in the country. With five. But anyway, 
Um, they yeah. play good defense. I'll like, play, they play I'll say this. Yeah. Play, play the they don't play any Central Michigan or Citadels, okay? Thanks. <laughs> they play They play good defense. So Please. even if Notre Dame doesn't even, win the football go, game, it's going to be close. It's going to be competitive. Ohio State, what, what cupcakes do they play at the season? It's a joke. They play in their conference, and that's the only big games they play all year. Please. Anger much? <laughs> it's, just, it's just, it's hysterical, man. Struck a nerve there. Yeah. Uh, so, no, I'm really, I wouldn't say I'm riding for Notre Dame. Like I said, I'm hoping for the best. I'm just saying I don't think that it's going to be a blowout because Notre Dame plays good defense. I don't think that they're going to destroy anybody. And didn't Clemson, what was it, two weeks ago? I got to look at something here for a second. They gave up like 500 yards passing to, um, the quarterback, Jake Bentley from South Carolina. Jerome, who's Jake Bentley? I'll tell you who he is. He's an average-as-hell SEC quarterback. Okay? I, there's holes in that in that Clemson defense, and that's why I'm saying it's going to be a close football game. I'm not predicting Notre Dame to win. I'm saying it's going to be a close football game, no matter which way it goes. Um, all right, so before we leave, though, okay? Wait, wait, so Notre Dame-Clemson prediction. Score. I told you, Notre Dame 31, Clemson 28. It's gonna be a semi-high scoring game then. Yeah, I think that no, I worry about Notre Dame turning the ball over. Um, again, I think that they got it right. I mean, Tua, Kyler, and um, who was the third? It was um, why am I spacing the third at the award banquet? Oh, um, oh, Haskins, right? Yeah, With, uh, Haskins from Ohio State. Um, He's not winning. They got well, no, but they got it right though. The top three guys, I would say. That's fine. I thought all along, uh, as many I would say did. Tua was obviously the front runner. I think it's real close now between him and Kyler. I think it can go either way. Um, with you know just Kyler's consistency, and now Tua had that blip in the SEC championship game, so it could go either way. But they got it right. If either one of those guys win it, I won't have a problem with it. Haskins, you know, forty-one touchdowns, over four thousand yards. He's the Big Ten all-time leader in both categories. For a team that's twelve and one, can't argue with it. You know he broke Drew Brees' records. Um, Murray, you think will win? Murray might. He definitely has momentum now. I think he may now too. I still think Tua should. He should, but Murray. I wouldn't say anything if Murray won it. I'd be like, wow, yeah, he had an amazing year. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. And apparently he's keeping the door open about him playing football now. We'll talk about that at a later date. Um, so prospects. Okay, we're talking Notre Dame, Clemson first. Who's a couple guys you're looking forward to watching playing the stage? Sherry Tillery, um, Tranquil, mm-hmm. Love. The guys on defense, basically, with, yeah. them, with Notre Dame. Same thing with them. They're defensive linemen. You know, they're they're very good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's a battle of the defensive lines. I mean, there's so many good defensive linemen in this game. Like, Sherry Tillery, the most underrated. I mean, Notre Dame's got players. Like, they got Dalen Hayes. They got Khalid, Khalid Kareem. But they got, dude, the most overrated, underrated player on Notre Dame's defense easily is number 42, Julian Aquara. Kid's a stud. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he answers the draft. Like, kid is a stud. Leads yeah. them in sacks now. And he's just been dominating the last, like, he has, like, seven or eight sacks or something like that. But he has, like, 25 pressures or something like that. Like, he's mm-hmm. in, like, the top five in the country. Like, he's really good. And obviously. On the other side of football, Christian Wilkins, Cleland Farrell. This is funny. Apparently, Cleland Farrell's name isn't Cleland Farrell. It's Farrell. Cleland Farrell. What is Farrell? Farrell. I don't know. Apparently, like, appa- no, apparently someone was asking about it. He's like, my, my name's not pronounced like that. So, yeah. Okay. There you go. Hey, the was all about Cleland Farrell. His name's Farrell. Well, uh, obviously, dirty guys on the defense <laughs> that make things work for them. You know, I... um. I mean, it kind of sounds stupid, but whoever runs the ball probably wins the game. Well, yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, that's usually a big indicator in winning a football game, usually. Mm, not if you're Alabama, you're throwing the ball way too much. And they ended up running the ball pretty well. I know, I saw that through the room. <laughs> anyway. Um, What's that? Just cut some comments. Um, yeah, so like we were saying, though, Dexter Lawrence, Christian Wilkins, Cleveland Ferrell, um, Jerry Tillery, uh, Jelena Aquar, Dalen Hayes. Defense a lot. Austin Bryant for Clemson's a good football player too. Um, a lot of good ones. Uh, several of those guys are going to be first round picks. Probably Tillery, Wilkins, maybe Lawrence. Fair, Fair- will be Fair- one as well. Yeah. Um, so and you know there's players all over the defenses on both sides. One kid that I love who's only a sophomore is Travis Etienne, the running back for Clemson. Is 
he's good. Yeah. He's real good. Yeah. And quietly, Notre Dame has one of the best running backs in the country this year. He's only played like seven games, but he has like almost a thousand yards rushing. Dexter Williams is a very good running back, averaging like seven, six and a half yards a carry. Really good football player. Um, so, like you said, establishing a run is going to be big. I think the big thing for Notre Dame is with Julian Love and Troy Pride and those that secondary matching up against those big, fast wide receivers from Clemson. I think they can give us a little bit of hard time. But um, stop the run. Stop the run. Last game, the the big game. Well, maybe. I don't know. Actually, I think Notre Dame Clemson is going to be more prepared than that game. But Alabama, Oklahoma, a couple guys you're looking for as far as prospects on Alabama. Let's start with Alabama. Who's a couple guys you like? Anybody? The whole team. Anybody on their defense? Um, the receiver that you were talking about a couple weeks ago. Um, oh, Jerry uh, Judy? Well, he's only a sophomore. A, he didn't have a great game the other day, though. Yeah, none of those wide receivers did. They stopped the pass pretty well. I'm overall. really the only thing I'm worried about Alabama is who's playing quarterback. Yeah. Honestly, I mean their team is stout everywhere, man. You know we know that. I mean, let's, so apparently Mac Wilson might not enter the draft this year. Really? He said really? something. Devin White won the cha- won the the Buckus Award, the top linebacker, and he tweeted out, "I'm coming for it next year." Well, he's a, an excellent player. Why? I, I love that kid. So, you know, he's yeah. a great player. So, Mac Wilson, obviously a player to watch. You great think about Alabama every level. Defense. They're pretty good. St- that's why I think Notre Dame yeah. has a chance this year, though. Not to win the whole thing, but to be competitive in these playoffs. Because they have the a defense. player on yeah. every level now. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Quinn and Williams, Raekwon Davis, studs. Yeah. Quinn and Williams on the quest to unseat Ed Oliver. He might have already done it. We'll see. Um, and then... Oh, I want to see Alabama's young secondary, but I also want to see Deontay Thompson, the safety. Uh, best safety in college football. Kid is ridiculous. Number 14 for Alabama. And yeah. uh, on Oklahoma, I want to see Kyler Murray play, even if he's not a prospect technically. I don't know if he is or isn't, but I want to see him play football. And uh, those wide receivers, CeCe Lamb's only a uh, only a sophomore, so he can't enter the draft, but he's you got Marquise Brown. Um, I actually like the tight end, Grant Calcaterra, pretty good. The whole offensive line for Oklahoma is really yeah, good. They're very good. Really good. You got yeah. um, Ford and Powers yeah, and Samuel. I think Oklahoma's offense will be fine. I Again, I think when if they get down, though, they may struggle for yardage after a while. I want to see how Oklahoma's offensive line, who has several NFL players, maybe every one of them might be an NFL player, yeah. to go against that defensive front. Because that defensive front of Bugs, Davis, and Quinn Williams is as good as it gets as an interior defensive line. And one guy I think we should also highlight is a guy that didn't have a great game last game. But listen to this stat line. Kennedy Brooks, running back for Oklahoma, him and Trace Sermon kind of share carries, 113 carries, 1,021 yards on wow. 113 carries. That's almost 10 wow. yards a carry. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow. Um, we have one comment before we go. I think Kyler is going to finish where Georgia failed. Saban's teams historically had trouble with mobile quarterbacks. I, we are hoping, my friends. We are definitely hoping. Um, but that's going to end it for us. Uh, we ran a little over time here. We, we are, again, we're pleasured to be joined by Troy Reader, linebacker from the University of Delaware. All the projects we have coming out are incredibly exciting. You can follow us, again, Inside Hashes on Twitter, Inside the Hashes on Instagram, Inside the Hashes Football Talk is where we're broadcasting right now from. Um, and follow us individually and follow RPO Podcast and Air It Out Podcast, our NFL sister. So next week, we're going to dive into some NFL draft stuff because these kids are all um, entering the draft early right now. We're going to have a great topic about that as far as draft guys going into the draft and not playing in bowl games. We'll talk about that next week. Um, but for that, we hope to have Alan back next week. This is Ryan and Ray, a part of the RPO Podcast Sponsored by Inside the Hashes Media Network. Thanks everyone for following along.